Hello children, are you ready for another Auntie Nan's bedtime story? Get tucked in. Tonight we are reading Groundhog Secrets by Leif Snellings. Everything you always wanted to know about woodchucks. This book is dedicated to all animal lovers. Margot gives a high four to all who want to know everything about groundhogs. A special thanks to Tim, Pam, Monique, Christy, and Stella. You are all wonderful. I hope you have lots of fun reading and learning at the pictures in this book. Wait, don't go. Seraphine must go and pick up a letter for Quebec. Marga, Marga, I have mail for you, cried Seraphine, the postwoman. This letter was accidentally sent way up to the Arctic Circle, and since Quebec is on the way south, I promise to bring it to you myself. A letter? What fun! It is surely from Marie and Lewiski. Now I understand why I haven't heard from them. Dearest Margot, we returned home after our trip to Chateau Richer. We think a lot about all the beautiful days we spent together. We were super happy with your letter. Your project is great. Yes, please write your book on your life with its ups and downs. We want to order a copy. Will you send it to us when it's ready? Here, everyone we talked to when we came home from vacation wanted to know more about you. Big kisses and looking forward to hearing from you, Marie. And I thought they had already forgotten about me. No. On the contrary, they want to know everything about woodchucks like me. Well, this letter makes me want to start writing right away. There are 14 types of marmots in the world. We all look alike, but unlike many other species of marmots, we're groundhogs and solitary. That means we really like to live alone. I am Margot, a groundhog, one of the types of marmots. All marmots live in the northern hemisphere. We woodchucks live in North America. I live in a field in Chateau Richer near the St. Lawrence River and the beautiful city of Quebec. We are rodents. We grind our food by moving our jaw from front to back. A rabbit, who also has large teeth in front, but who is not a rodent, moves its jaw from side to side. We hold the food with our front legs that are very flexible. Rabbits don't have this skill either. We are only active during the day, especially in the early morning and afternoon. We can eat up to 1.1 pounds or half a kilo of food a day. That's a lot of work, chewing and digesting. Our diet contains of green plants like grass, clover and alfalfa, daffodils and plantains, along with seeds, fruit, and berries. We also like carrots and corn. Farmers say that we not only eat their crops, but we do a lot of damage in the fields with our pathways. We have two pairs of sharp teeth-like incisors that are white and pointed. We are herbivores, but from time to time we like to nibble on grasshoppers and meals like snails, caterpillars, and insects. 
Occasionally, we steal the eggs of birds nesting on the ground and eat them. They taste so good. In the winter, people put salt on the roads to melt the ice, and salt contains sodium, which we think is delicious. When the snowplow passes, it pushes the snow filled with sodium to the side of the road. To our joy, the sodium remains when the snow melts in early spring. We're just as fond of that as you are of ice cream. That's why, after our hibernation, you see us nibble on the roadside. But that is dangerous. Many of us can be hit by cars that way. Besides the risks of the roads, humans, foxes, and other raptors are the greatest dangers for us. Most of the victims are our groundhog babies. Young adults can usually escape predators. Like all living beings, of course, we need water. We do not often drink from a spring or a stream. Instead, we can get all the water we need from the plants and the dew we find on the grass and leaves. In the early spring, we eat snow. Our skin is a grayish-brown color. Each hair is gray at the bottom, black in the center, and white at the ends. At our abdomen and legs, our fur looks orange-brown because that's the middle parts of our hair's color there. When danger threatens, we try to avoid a fight by quickly returning to our burrow, but that does not always work. If necessary, we defend ourselves tooth and nail. When we are afraid, we bow our backs. The hair on our tail stands up so that it looks like a spiky hairbrush. We strike the ground with our stiffly upright tail and make a chattering noise with our teeth. We also send a shrill whistle sound to warn others of the danger. That is why, in Quebec, we are called syphilix, which is whistler and English speakers call us whistle pigs. I have just been interrupted by my neighbor running in to say, before going any further, shouldn't you introduce our entire family first? He's right, of course, I will tell you about it. The scientific name for woodchuck is Marmata Monix. The English-speaking people call us groundhog, and Francophones call Marmot Commune. We are a subgroup of the marmots belonging to the family of squirrels, whose name is Skiuridage. Yes, you can believe it, the groundhog is really related to all the different types of squirrels, including the small chipmunk and prairie dogs, which live a little further away. I will ask my little cousins who live in Quebec to give you a word of explanation. I am Fiston the smallest skiuridage in Quebec. Everyone knows me as Le Petit Suisse, Little Swiss. This is because the first French settlers who saw me here thought my coat looked like the uniform of the Swiss guards at the Vatican. The adult, Tamia, the official scientific name, or chipmunk, as English speakers say, weighs one to two ounces and measures four to five inches. Its tail is three to four inches in length. Hello, Euphrasy here. I'm taller than a chipmunk and I am an American red squirrel or a Tamascurus hunsonicus. An adult red squirrel weighs around half a pound and measures 11 to 14 inches, including our tail. That is four to six inches long. We have a reddish fur and a white belly. During the summer, a black line separates the two colors. 
I am Philomene, and I belong to the family of gray squirrels, or Securus carolinensis. Twice a year, we change clothes. We have a summer coat and a winter coat. Our tail changes only once in July. When it rains, we spread our tail over our head like an umbrella so we can stay dry while we eat. And to keep warm during the night, we wrap ourselves up in our tail. It falls like a blanket around us. It's nice and warm. I'm Jermaine, the black version of a gray squirrel like Philomene. Due to the large amount of melanin in our black skin, we lose less body heat than squirrels of lighter color. There are also gray albino squirrels that are completely white. The gray squirrel is the largest squirrel that lives in the native trees of the southeastern United States and Canada. Melanin is an organic pigment in the skin. Pigment is the substance that reflects a color. Germaine the Acrobat the gray squirrel measures 18 to 26 inches, including the tail, which is 8 inches in length. This helps to maintain balance so they can perform fantastic jumps. Also, their tails can be used to give signals to other squirrels. Adult gray squirrels weigh from 1 to 2 pounds and can reach speeds of 15 miles per hour. You can see now that our family is very diverse. After introducing my distant cousins, it is time to continue talking about us, the groundhogs. We move both on top of and under the ground. We can also climb trees. In addition, we are excellent swimmers. While we are slower and heavier than the rest of our family, we can reach speeds of 9 to 10 miles per hour thanks to our front legs, which are very strong. We are the most widespread rodents in North America and the largest burrowing mammals in the eastern part of the continent. Of all the rodents that live here, only beavers and porcupines are bigger than us. Our size varies from 16 to 24 inches, including our short bushy tail, which measures from 3 to 6 inches. We groundhogs have a round head and small, short ears. The hair around our nose is white, and the mouth and nose are black. We have black eyes, and our field of vision is very wide, up to 300 degrees. Humans can only see about 140 degrees. We have strong back legs with black feet that have five toes all with claws. The underside of the foot is bare and has six pads. Our hind legs are three to four inches long. That makes it easy for us to stand upright. We do it fairly often so that we can keep an eye on our environment. Our front legs are short but stronger and have only four fingers. Fortunately, our claws are strong and well-developed. They make it easy to dig and burrow Thanks to them, we can move 550 pounds of soil within a few days and build a complex of 20 to 33 feet corridors. The main entrance has a width of about one foot. The bedroom is approximately 1.5 feet wide and one foot high. 
We make at least one main corridor which can be recognized by the pile of dirt at the exit, but which cannot be seen at the entrance or the side passages. They serve as escape routes in case of danger and are also used as links between the different fields where we will eat. The bedroom of our burrow has three functions. It is a place to rest, to hibernate, and to raise our young in the spring. Next to our bedroom, there is an extra room that serves as a toilet. Each woodchuck builds its own gallery structure. Each of our houses is different. Our winter burrow is located in a wooded area in the northern part of our territory. In the summer, we move south into more open areas. This shelter is shallower, but has several secondary passages to escape in the case of danger. Usually, we go back to our old burrow every year. When we leave it, it can also be used as a refuge for other furry animals such as rats, mice, skunks, and raccoons. And very occasionally, you'll see a gnome there. By the end of summer, we eat as much as we can to build up our body fat. In six months, our weight normally 4.5 to 9 pounds doubles. We need this thick layer of fat in order to have enough reserves for the long winter months. As soon as autumn arrives, we begin digging our winter burrow. Because of the cold, we make this space deeper than our summer house. We build it about five feet so that the hollow remains below the freezing layer. We block up the tunnel from the inside with earth and grass. This way, we can better protect ourselves against the cold. Each year, we hope for a thick layer of snow to give extra insulation over our burrow. We have the deepest hibernation. Neither the bear nor the badger falls asleep so completely. In order not to lose heat, we roll up in a ball to sleep. Our hibernation lasts more than five months. At this point, all our vital functions slow down to consume a minimum of calories. Our heart rate drops to five beats per minute instead of 80. As it is when we are awake, our temperature drops to 37.4 degrees Fahrenheit and our breathing is reduced from 40 times a minute to only twice a minute. Today, doctors are very interested in this phenomena of hibernation, which reduces the temperature of our body, our heart rate, and our breath. If humans could do this, even for a short time, it could lead to dramatic improvements in healthcare. Some surgeries and other medical treatments could then be carried out without anesthesia. Medical researchers continue to try to understand our hibernation process. We do not sleep all the time in the winter. About every three weeks, or if the temperature in our burrow warms up to the freezing point, we wake up to pee and poop. During this time, our metabolism is increased and our fat stores drop. Long periods with little snow can be dangerous for us because during these awakening times we consume 90% of the energy we've stored up. So it's no surprise that by spring we have lost half of our weight. After the hibernation time spent in the dark, it is always nice to see the light and it is a real pleasure to feel the sun on our fur.
In spring, food is still scarce. That's another reason we need to build up our body fat before hibernation. Our territory is about 10 acres. 0.3 to 4 hectares or up to 6 soccer or football fields. And the territory of the male often overlaps that of one or more females. The mating season begins immediately after hibernation. It is the only short period in which we do not sleep alone. We have one pregnancy a year. The gestation period lasts from 28 to 32 days. At the end of April or early May, we have from two to nine little woodchucks. They are called kits or pups. Fortunately, nature has provided groundhog mothers with four pairs of breasts to feed them. Baby groundhogs have no hair and are blind at birth. They measure about four inches and weigh one ounce. After a month, they open their eyes and they begin to crawl their hair begins to grow as well. From that day on, they grow up very quickly. In six weeks, they already weigh one pound five ounces and go out for the first time to cautiously explore their surroundings. Only mom takes care of the baby woodchucks. After three months, by the end of the next spring, at the latest, the groundhog's children become too big and must leave the house. Woodchucks take a year to become adults. After that, female groundhogs can have babies, but they usually wait two years before becoming mothers. As you can see, the teeth of all rodents continue to grow, but those of this little one were crooked, which has certainly caused it a problem. Now here we go, children. Groundhog Day. Is it a legend or is it reality? For many Americans, February 2nd is Groundhog Day. An old folk tradition says that if Fred the Marmot, or Phil the Groundhog, comes out of hibernation and sees his shadow, he gets frightened and returns quickly to sleep, as he sees this as a sign of bad weather. If the woodchuck does not see its shadow, spring is close at hand. Today, everyone is convinced that this is just an old legend, probably invented by the first settlers who were eager for spring to begin. In the old continent, Europe, February 2nd is celebrated as a moment when the days begin to lengthen. It is a day of hope for a new life and rebirth. But in Quebec and many places in the United States, in February, there is still snow everywhere and woodchucks will not wake from hibernation until March, even later in the far north. In any case, the legend of the Groundhog's Day makes a great story for long, cold winter evenings. Here ends the story of Margot the Woodchuck. Do you have any more questions about the lives of groundhogs? Or maybe you have a suggestion for the next book. Let Leave know she is always ready to talk about groundhogs. Boys and girls, there are other books in the Margot Groundhog series. You have book one, Margot Gets an Unexpected Visit. Book three, Margot Has to Go to Bed. And a little more about the author. Leif Snellings is a multi-award winning author and a retired freelance photographer who lives in Leuven, Belgium. Her photos have been shown in exhibitions all over the world. She is the author of this series, Margot the Groundhog. 
and her North American squirrel family. Leaf became a passionate nature photographer after meeting her partner in Quebec in 2008. Since then, she can be found enjoying the beautiful scenery for five months out of the year. Her stories take the traditional picture book experience and transform it by replacing illustrations by her nature photography. The books are written in her mother tongue, Dutch, and translated into French and English. Leaves' inspiration comes from nature. The landscape is so beautiful. Being able to observe fantastic little creatures in their backyard made her a passionate nature photographer. Through time, Leaf's photo library became large. She wanted to share these little animals' beauty, which gave her the idea to write children's books. Frazzy, the little American red squirrel, the character was born. One day, in the garden, she suddenly saw Margot the groundhog waking up after hibernation. It became apparent to her, no, it's not about Frazzy, it's about me, Margot, you will have to write. Probably different than any other writer, her books did not start with words, they started with photos. Thanks to these books, she became Book Go Social Top Voted Children's Author 2017 and became Reader's Favorite Finalist 2019 in the small children's genre. The second book, Groundhog's Secrets, Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Woodchucks, won the IAN Book of the Year 2018 in the Reader's Favorite Book Award 2018 in the children nonfiction genre. Her third book, Time for Margot to Go to Bed, has received a Book Excellence Award for 2020. As a writer and a photographer, it is a joyous feeling to help reveal nature's beauty to all kids, small and big. The hope is that these books will help people start to like groundhogs, squirrels, and chipmunks a bit more. You can follow Leaf at her website, leavesnellings.wordpress.com Her photo art, leave-snellings.pixels.com Her Amazon author page, amazon.com slash author slash snellings Her Facebook author page, facebook.com F-O-T-O-B-O-E-K-L-I-E-V-E-S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G-S Goodreads at goodreads.com slash author slash show slash 14186089.leave underscore Snellings. Instagram at instagram.com slash leave Snellings. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash Snellings leave. You can also check out her author spotlight at authorantinan.com. We hope that you enjoyed today's story, children. Until next time, always remember that Auntie Nan loves you.